It's not like any other podcast. Coming to you straight from the heartland, where investing is told like it is. It's time for Darren Garman's Paranoid Banker Podcast. Hold on, because here comes the next episode of the Paranoid Banker Podcast. Yeah, so one of the funny things that I'm going to share with you guys today, uh, I'll actually share it with the folks on video too, because this is going to actually be uh, our podcast for the week too, so... Congratulations, you're on the podcast. Uh, so, funny story before I get into, you know, kind of what I want to talk about would be um, million dollar habits. And I got five of them that we're going to talk about, and we've discussed a couple already before uh, we got the video rolling. But um, anyway, we'll, we'll go over those in a second. But just kind of a funny story we advertise in a magazine called the DuPont Registry, okay, DuPont Registry, got a couple copies down there at the end of the table, and it's been comical, and not comical in terms of a DuPont Registry, it's a fine magazine, they've got fine folks working there, and if you're into vehicles, this is really cool, by the way, so if you're into cars, trucks, uh, this is the magazine to have and get. I could spend easily millions, uh, and I mean millions with an S, on vehicles in here. I mean, I drive a Ford uh, F-150 pickup, uh, and uh, there's uh, some stuff in here that's pretty damn nice and much nicer than a F-150, by the way. Uh, but... Yeah, so I mean, if you're into automobiles, trucks, all that, this is this is the magazine to get. And so uh, we do some advertising in here, mainly because a lot of folks that do get this magazine uh, also have uh, uh, assets and income to invest. And so uh, some of those folks choose to invest here in the heartland with us. Well, we do get a lot of responses again, in this magazine, from advertising here, from another group of folks uh, that um, come from a population that you wouldn't even think we would get responses from. And that is the prison and mental health facility population. So easily, easily half, half, okay, Half of the responses we get uh, from our advertising come from those folks that are either incarcerated or those folks that are spending some time in a uh, mental institution. Why? Because the libraries in these facilities, um, as well as you know, some of, some of these folks subscribe to these to this publication as well, but it's mainly in the library. So when I worked at the prison, you know, years and years ago as a prison guard, and if you don't know that story, by the way, uh, you need to go to my website and, and check that out because it's, there's not many folks that worked in a prison as a prison guard and, you know, talking to you about this stuff now, by the way. Uh, but if you don't know the story, you, you should go there and check it out, okay? Um, so when I worked there as a prison guard, one of my jobs on a Saturday, working on a Saturday for four hours, was I oversaw the library at the prison. 
Now, I wasn't, you know, the person with the glasses that you, I'm not the stereotypical person at the library talking about the Dewey Decimal System and, you know, going through that kind of stuff and telling people to shush. I was basically there, open the library to give um, uh, the inmates access to the library for four hours and then also to make sure nothing funny was going on. That's basically my job. That was basically it. Well, I can tell you, from working there four hours, I know all the publications they get. Uh, I know what the inmates take a look at and what they read. And it's usually newspapers and magazines, like this one. So not surprised when I, uh, it was surprising at first, but then when I thought about it, you know, uh, having many uh, folks that are incarcerated, and actually we've even had a couple times when uh, their significant other has contacted us wanting information to send and get to them uh, during their incarceration um, about what we do here in the heartland. Uh, I'm still not quite sure why. Uh, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not for sure, but I'd be surprised if any, any of those folks have the ability to uh, get involved in some things with us here, you know, financially, uh, mentally, but um, anyway, uh, it's interesting when we go over at the end of the week, you know, folks that have called in, emailed us, gotten in touch with us and asked about um, what we're doing and want more information that about half of them are either incarcerated or in mental institutions because they get <laughs> this magazine. So, uh, so anyway, let's go ahead and let's talk about those habits. And I'm stealing this admittedly, and I want to give credit where credit's due. Uh, from a guy by the name of Robert Ringer. And I've talked about Ringer before, um, I, I, not with any of you here, I mean one-on-one, -on -one, but I've had a couple of um, podcasts where I've talked about it. I've got one where I've, I talk about one book I recommend you've got to read, and, uh, and it's one of his books. And so I'm stealing the, the title of, of what we're going to talk about today from him. So I want to give him credit for it. Uh, he had a book that he wrote, I want to say maybe in the 80s, called Million Dollar Habits. And by the way, it's a good book. I still have the paperback version of it, you know, in whatever four-point font that the paperbacks have. Uh, but I'm stealing it from Ringer. And, I'm, and, and really what, what I want to talk to you guys about uh, are really the five, what I call, million-dollar habits I think you got to have uh, to be successful. And, of course, we are more geared towards, and the folks on the video are, are probably more geared toward um, being owners, operators, investors, entrepreneurs in and around multifamily real estate. Whether you're active, okay, uh, you're passive, I mean, it all, it all applies, but it also has wider applications, I think, outside of our scope which is one of the reasons why I wanted to you know, get this on video too to share because I think some folks have an interest in it um, and what we're going to talk about. Okay, so really let's talk about the $5 million habits. And the first one is, oh, before, wait a minute. No. So before, before I get into those, let me tell you what we're not going to talk about. So we're not going to talk about staying in shape, um, getting enough sleep, uh, you know, reading books by the best authors. So we're, we're not going to cover the obvious things here when I talk about these million-dollar habits. They're not obvious. 
Okay, it's not the obvious stuff. I'm going to skip the obvious stuff. You know, eating the right foods, um, listening to the right people. I'm not going to go in over the, the obvious things. These, I think, are not so obvious. But I think are very important, especially with what I found over the last 30 plus years of doing what I do. Um, and, you know, those years have you know, millions of hours of work, time, effort, and energy involved in this. Okay. So let's talk about the first one. And the first one is, and I've talked about this before on, in other places um, over the years, uh, but I, now I think it's more, it's come to the front more just because I'm tired of seeing people not follow this. And it's caring what people think. And I, I've talked about it before, um, but you really can't. But many of us are just super guilty of this. And there are, as I've said before, there's like two or three groups of people. And it's small groups that I care what they think about me. Um, you know, I've said it before, it's my family, okay? It's my uh, investment partners, um, and I got like two or three friends, okay? That's it, that's it. Uh, so if you go out on, uh, oh, by the way, here, here's how you can tell when someone really cares about what other people think, and that's by their activity and use of social media. So if someone is constantly, consistently posting things on Facebook uh, about what they're doing, what they're up to, uh, they have a brain fart about something and they're posting it, they give a shit in a big, big way about what people think. Uh, in a big way. Uh, because they're putting it out there and want people to think of them in a certain way, which is why they continue to do it. Uh, and you can't care. Now, it's up to you whether you want to put things out on social media day after day, month after month, year after year. That's your time. I don't care. Um, I personally think it's a huge waste of time. Uh, and uh, many like me would agree with that, but there are many like me that wouldn't. Uh, but I personally think it's a huge waste of time. Uh, I will put things out on social media from time to time uh, by really more in the vein of updating people, letting people know what we're doing, what we're up to, what's going on, and more in terms of informational update kind of stuff. Uh, I'm not, you don't know what me and my family are doing this week. Okay? You don't know what my wife and I did last night. You don't know what we had to eat yesterday. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not putting that shit out there. Uh, I'm not, uh, because again, I don't care what people think. Uh, because as I've said before, no matter what choices you make, someone's always going to think you're wrong anyway, and to give a shit about what people think, especially those people that you don't know you, is a huge waste of time, effort, and energy. But yet, I find a lot of people, the thing that gets in their way is they're caring about wondering what people will think. And it's probably one of the number one things that slows people down. 
and keeps them from really kind of pulling the trigger on things that would ordinarily excite them, especially if they're entrepreneurial. Uh, so that's number one. You just can't. Um, and, you know, when I say that to people, a lot of times they think I'm saying, well, you're just talking about being a jerk and an ass to people. Uh, no. I mean, there is time for that, by the way. There's time you need to be like that and have to be like that. There just is. But I'm not saying you go out of your way to do that. I'm just saying you can't care. You can't. And I spent way too much time when I was younger, Karen, uh, especially what my parents thought, uh, especially how what I would do, what would they think. How many of you had this issue? What's my mom going to think about that? No matter how old you are, by the way. What's my dad going to think about that? It shouldn't matter. I mean, it's your life. You're running the show. Um, it should really depend on what you think. Period. That's it. That's it. Uh, and a lot of times I find the reason that people really care about relatives, um, a lot of times has to do with uh, how tied in they are money-wise. Um, you know, so... If uh, mom and dad continue to give you money month after month, year after year, uh, you're really going to give a shit what they think uh, because now you feel obligated to care about what they think. Uh, a brother gives you, um, been giving you money for the last 15 years, you might feel obligated about what they think. Um, so that I mean that happens too. Uh, and I'm not saying that's the only thing, uh, but a lot of times there's ties like that that really hold people back. Uh, and I don't think, I mean, my opinion is you shouldn't care. Uh, so that's number one. Again, not a mystery uh, to a lot of you, especially maybe some folks on video watching. But uh, it's very, very important. That's why I said it was the number one. That's why I used it as my number one million-dollar habit. Uh, because it gets in everybody's way. More so in our politically correct society now than ever. It drives me crazy. Uh, it just does. So that's number one. Um, here's number two. Number two is, and the sooner you figure this out, the better off you're going to be. And that is, no matter what, no matter where you are in life, uh, you're always going to have problems. So you may as well get used to the fact that they're going to happen. And happen at the worst times, um, worst days, that's just it. Uh, uh, a lot of people I talk to, uh, and even do business with, have a belief that once they reach a certain point, they won't have any problems anymore. Now, a lot of times they don't verbalize this to me. But a lot of times, that's what they're saying when I'm reading between the lines. You know, a lot of times when, especially if you're entrepreneurial like us, um, and you really want to get shit done, and really want to make a difference, uh, a lot of times, you think that once you reach that point, goal achieved, property purchased, um, capital raised, uh, all that kind of stuff, business bought, business sold. Uh, I mean, we could go on and on. But once you reach that point, you've, you've, you've accomplished that, then all of a sudden your problems are going to be no more. 
or you won't have a series of problems you're dealing with now anymore. Well, here's the news. You're going to continue to have them. They're just going to come in a different variety. And they're still going to come at times that are inconvenient. They're still going to be, in some cases, major issues that could be life-altering. You're just going to deal with them. So you may as well get used to the fact, no matter how little or how much money you have, how little or how many friends you have, how little or how much influence you have, it doesn't matter, you're going to have them until you die. That's it. You will. Um, now, a lot of people, will, especially you know those watching, probably think, well, well Darren, come on, I kind of knew that. Well, but how many of us act like we don't know that and do things without thinking about that and are surprised when problems come up or we get really pissed off when problems come up or we're really frustrated when problems come up? And, you know, that's not to say that we should just be sitting back and enjoying it, <laughs> enjoying the ride through the problems and frustrations. No, I mean, it should be learning experiences more than anything else. But, you know, how many times have you caught yourself being mad, frustrated, even like in a bad way, when you kind of knew this was coming, right? So that's number two. Um, problems are always going to be around, uh, and you may as well get used to the fact that you need to be better, um, more capable in knowing they're coming, dealing with them, and moving on to the next one. Because that's, that's life. Uh, uh, that's life. Okay. So that's number two. Number three is reality versus um, the way that you want things to be. The reality of your situation or situations, the reality of what you're working on or dealing with versus the way that you are hoping it will be the way that you are perceiving it to be or the way that you are maybe over optimistically thinking it could be. So um, Napoleon Hill in you know the book Think and Grow Rich has like you know eight or nine main wealth points he talks about in there. Uh, and one of them, you know there's uh, you know things that we, we all are, all know and have heard of is, you know, setting goals, visualizing, you know, all those kinds of things. So he talks about all that. But the other thing he talks about in that book is accurate thinking. And it's not something that a lot of people talk about. But it's probably one of the most important things is accurately assessing uh, what's happened to you in the past, what you are working on, dealing with, and um, involved with now and what realistically you're looking at in the future. Uh, this is another thing that gets in the way of a lot of people is the changing of the picture of what is accurate in reality versus what's not. And making mistakes and doing things, getting in their own way, uh, stepping on their own toes because they don't accurately do this. Okay? 
um, what is your real situation right now versus the way you want it to be? What should you really be doing right now versus what you would rather be doing? Uh, I mean, it goes on and on and on. And until you um, stop delaying dealing with reality, your problems, which remember we're going to have no matter what, but your problems are going to continue to increase, uh, be more pro you're going to have more of them, and your life will be so much more frustrating uh, as a result of not understanding this and looking at things with a realistic, accurate eye. Uh, and again, it's a big deal for a lot of people. Uh, because what happens with a lot of us is we will delay, procrastinate, put things off, uh, especially dealing with things, uh, because we have this um, idea that's not realistic on how things will eventually work out as a result. Okay, So it's being accurate and really assessing what's in front of you and knowing what you need to do and taking action to do it and not having the um, hopeful, wishful um, attitude that it's going to somehow work out. You have to accurately deal with things. So that's number three. Number four is a surprise to a lot of people. And uh, because a lot of people, when I, when I talk about this, think I would say the exact opposite. And that's saying no all the time. You need to say no a lot. You need to say no a lot um, to things that you may perceive as opportunities, things that you may feel obligated to do, things that you may feel should be done. You need to be saying no a lot. Um, and for me, it's hard. Uh, I just I give you I give you a couple examples. So yesterday, I got a call from a lady. I don't know how she got my phone number, but she called me and said that she's in town. She has a house that she's going to be getting through probate. Uh, she doesn't want it. She heard I'm an investor, and will I want to come over and look at it and possibly buy it? Now, what would most of you do? You, most of you would probably say, yeah, that could be an opportunity. I should go check it out. I said no right away. I said no. Um, now, maybe I missed out on something. Maybe I didn't. But I'm staying in my lane here. Okay, I'm staying in my lane. Uh, I said no. Because if, if I open myself up to every opportunity that comes in, I'm going to be strung 2,500 different directions and nothing will ever be accomplished except adding more problems to the problems I already have. Okay. Um, so here's another example. If you, uh, if you watch, if you're on YouTube and uh, you can't watch somebody's video anymore without some advertisement coming up. So if you're more business investment like us, uh, more entrepreneurial like us, a lot of times these business um, ops will come up. 
You know, so you're watching a video, all of a sudden it's interrupted for the ad, and it's a five-second ad. And it always tells you how much money these guys are making, how quickly you're going to make all this money. All you got to do is buy their system. All you got to do is invest with them, right? Do you really think that a YouTube ad for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes is really going to be the big payoff you've been looking for? <clears throat> really? Well, a lot of people say yes to that. <clears throat> yes, I'm going to buy that course. Yes, I'm going to buy that information. Yes, I'm going to invest in that. All of a sudden, you know, you got another thing you got to deal with, you got to worry about that's going to be taking your precious time and energy when you shouldn't be doing it at all. At all. Um, especially when there's too good to be true things coming up. Here's another example. I have right now, we're dealing with storm damage. We had a derecho storm go through Cedar Rapids. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, during the last presidential debate, um, I don't know if it really was much of a debate, actually. I think it was maybe an hour and a half argument. But, um, you know, during the debate, uh, uh, former Vice President Biden talked about Iowa and the derecho and the wind damage. And so we had a huge, as you guys know, we had a huge chunk of that damage. So I have had two groups of people, probably three or four a day, five days a week, pitch me on how, what a great job they would do as my contractor. What a great job they would do as my public adjuster. Um, how much more money they would get for me, how much better off I would be, etc., uh, etc. Et all I have to do is turn it all over to them, and they'll take care of it. What do you think I said? No. No. Okay? Too good to be true. The magic pill did not just walk into my office. I know that. I know that. But sometimes it's not so obvious. And sometimes we say yes to things, and we're like, oh, shit. I can't believe I did that. Um, a mentor of mine had a saying. I don't know if it was his, but he's really, really good with this. It was basically... It's a hell of a lot easier to get into something than to get out of something, in many cases. A lot easier to get in than it is to get out. And so if you kind of keep that in the back of your mind um, and really think about saying no and be selfish with your time, with your energy, and focus by staying in your lane, you will have your results will be a hell of a lot better than what they have been in the past. I promise. I promise. Now, that's not to say you never want to think about doing something else or maybe adding another business to your existing business or, or whatever. It's not to say that you, you just totally shut everything off. But how many times have you said yes and wish you wouldn't have said yes to how many different things, right? A ton for me. A ton. So... Um, you know, saying no more often is really kind of number four of my um, of my million dollar habit. So let's see, I've gone over four. We have four, right? So I got one more, five. This is going to sound strange, but 
if you think about what I'm going to say, it will resonate with you. Okay. And it is all news is good news. All news, whether good or bad, is good news. Okay? There may be a couple of exceptions. You know, one exception that comes to mind is, you know, like a, a terminal illness. You know, you've just been diagnosed with a terminal illness. There's probably not a lot of good that's going to come out of that. Okay? Um, there's been an accident. You know, you've lost a loved one. You know, something like, okay, there's probably not a lot of good that's going to come out of that. Okay? But how many times has something happened to you, and at the time, it was like devastating? Okay? Devastating. But it turned out later to be a really, really good thing. How many? For me, hundreds of times. Hundreds. Where at the time I thought was the worst thing, and it turned out to be the best. I'll give you like two quick examples from my life. Um, one is my prison guard to real estate broker to real estate owner investor story. And I won't, I'm not going to go into, you know, the, again, you go to my website, the story's there. But at the time when I was working at the prison, that the security staff thought I had something to do with contraband being brought in. And, you know, I was young, just getting going in that position. And had, you know, I was picked as one of the guys that had a bright future uh, for the Department of Corrections in terms of where I could go and what I could do. Uh, at the time, devastating that these people would think that this was the case for me, that I would be capable of not only breaking laws, but, you know, um, violating their trust and all that kind of stuff. And it was devastating. But one thing it did was it pissed me off. And it was one of the reasons why I finally quit the prison, okay, as a prison guard, jumped into the real estate business, and here I am today. So do you think that was the right decision? <laughs> Hell yeah, it was the right decision. But at the time, <clears throat> what sparked it was not good. Was not good. Another example I'll give you are properties that I've owned um, or clients that I've had that have not worked out. And by the way, let me just give you a quick, quick little buy off the side lesson. Anyone that's been in any kind of business, whether it's owning real estate, owning whatever else, um, if they've never had something bad happen to them, if, for example, a lot, of, a lot of times I'll get the question of, hey, Darren, have you ever lost money in a real estate investment or a real estate project you've been involved in? The answer is, hell yes, I have. I have. Um, but if someone's in the, in the same, doing the same kinds of things that I'm doing, you know, they want you to be a partner with them. They want you to invest with them. They want you to go into a business venture with them. All those kinds of things. A question you better be asking is, hey, have you ever lost money in anything? And their answer better be yes, I have. It better be that. 
because if it's not, if it's, oh, no, 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 we've not, we've not, we've, we've, we have perfect, our track record's perfect, bullshit, nobody has a perfect track record, nobody. Do your research on the most famous and probably considered the best investor in history, which is Warren Buffett, and you will find companies that they have owned that have tanked, that have tanked, losing millions, in some cases, billions of dollars, okay? If you've been doing this long enough, you're gonna lose. There's gonna be times you're not gonna win every game. It's like playing poker. You're not gonna win every hand, right? You're not gonna win at every deal, property, everything you own, you're not. So you're gonna lose money from time to time. It's just gonna happen. Um, so here's the, here's the thing about that though. So, I mean, that's like the sidebar lesson. Um, to be asking number one, and if they're telling you they've never have lost any money, uh, they either don't have enough experience, they haven't done it long enough, um, or they're lying to you, period. And I deal with people of every net worth, um, of every um, uh, gauge or uh, spectrum of experience, okay? Uh, so there's that little sidebar. Anyway, I got off track. Um, so the deals I've lost money on, at the time, it's like, fuck, are you kidding me? Um, uh, I'm frustrated, I'm angry, and um, my wife is angry, she's not happy about it. Uh, I've got partners in some of those deals, they're not happy about it, and so it's not good. It's not good. But here's the flip side of that, okay? The good news is now I know what I know. Now that experience has taught me what to not get involved in. Um, I see the red flags now that I didn't see before. Um, I can find the things out that I wasn't finding out before. Now I know what I know. So now, and not to say that I am incapable of making any kind of mistake. I would never say that. But they are a hell of a lot fewer and far between as a result of going through that stuff at the time. Um, and so there are areas in your life, um, a lot of them probably for most of you, where at the time it's like, oh my God, this is just terrible. And later on, it's worked out. And so gets back to all news is good news. And so this is something you want to keep in mind when the bad shit, the bad problems, um, the, the issues, uh, the things you're dealing with, when they come up, you gotta keep that in mind. Uh, not only does it help, in terms of your sanity, but it's true. But it's true, because there's going to be something coming out of this that's going to be good somewhere. And again, we talked about maybe a few exceptions to that, but for the most part, there's not. Something's gonna come out of this that'll be good. Uh, that'll be favorable, in some cases, very favorable um, for you. So, I mean, those are kind of my five, and a lot of them, I mean, there are only five, so a lot maybe not may not be the right term, 
But some of these are things you don't really hear discussed. Uh, you don't really hear people talk about. Uh, but they're vitally important, I think, in order to get you where you want to be, um, wherever you think you're headed, and whatever kind of priorities you have on where you're going. And, you know, when you've been around the block as long as I have, and again, I still got a long way to go. I'm not stopping anytime soon. Uh, you continually see these things. And so you continually, oh, you know, make a note about that. Uh, and, and the more I think, you know, you don't need to be following every single one of these verbatim. But the more you think about these and implement these things in terms of your everyday uh, dealings with things, uh, the better off in a big, big way you're going to be. Okay. So um, I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you. And good to have you guys here. Uh, good to have you here on, um, on this video. And uh, as, as I said, I'm going to turn this into a podcast, so you'll probably see this out there as a podcast, too. Uh, the context, I think it's important. But, um, but have a great day. Have a great week. Uh, we are actually recording this on a Friday, so have a good weekend, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon. All right, we'll see you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining Darren Garman's Paranoid Banker Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.garmanblog.com. Thanks for joining Darren Garman's Paranoid Banker Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.garmanblog.com.